Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I'm delighted that you are joining me today for another edition of Learning About Becoming an Author. I help first, second, and third time authors write their books. And it doesn't matter if it's a memoir, a legacy, or a piece of writing for your brand. I help you get that out in the world in 90 days, especially for those who are interested in self-publishing. I'm based here in Seattle, Washington, and I can be reached at www.coachdebbie.com, which is my main website. Just click on connect or contact and we will be connected. And you can also schedule a $59 consultation. If it turns out that you want to get involved in any of my programs, that $59 will be applied to the program that you choose. So thanks for joining me. Here we are the day after Christmas. And maybe you are lounging, as I hope you are. Perhaps you're driving, as many of you still might be. This is a show that offers you information during your drive home. So if this is not a holiday, I invite you to do as you normally do and take in the information of becoming an author. In 2020, I will have several authors from the Seattle area to join me and inform you of what it takes to write your first, your second, or even your third book. And you might think, you know, if I've already written my first one, don't I know how to write my second one? Well, it was kind of like when you had a first child or when you got involved in your first competitive sport. Sometimes, no, it doesn't translate as easily as we think it will. Sometimes we need a coach to take us through that process. So we work out all kinds of tips and tricks for authors right here, 4 o'clock every Thursday, and that's Pacific time. And you can also catch the replay on Friday mornings, 6 a.m. for your drive to work. This is the last show of, uh, I almost said 19, 2019, our very last show. So as you are wrapping up the year, and if you've noticed, we're wrapping up a decade, you might be thinking about what's coming your way for 2020. And I want to invite you, if you have thought that you have a book in you, that you really are an author after all, that you have some sort of message you want to see out in the world, I really want to encourage you to step into the idea that 2020 could be your year. Today we're going to focus on the pros and the cons of self-publishing versus traditional publishing. And for a lot of people, the idea of self-publishing is just a way to go if you feel uneasy and want to get your feet wet as an author. But I'm here to tell you there is so much more 
advantage to self-publishing than you might think. I was curious about publishing. Oh, in, in 1990s, I was very curious. What does it mean to be a, a published author? I was curious about a lot of things. I was curious what it, what it would look like to have a radio show. I was curious what it would look like to be a, a college teacher. And at this point, I've done all those things. But at 1995, I was 29 years old and I hadn't done any of these things. But I was very curious about publishing. At 29 years old, I was tutoring at a college and helping about seven to 10 students a day with their essays. And the word came out that the college newspaper was looking for volunteers. And I thought, wow, that could be a really cool stepping stone into publishing. So I went and volunteered a little time each week. Uh, I think I was also stalking the man that was going to become my husband, but that's a whole different story. So there were fringe benefits of going to these meetings and making new friends and learning what publishing was all about. And it took about, oh, maybe eight years or so of just just donating a, a few hours of time out of the week to really feel like, you know, I want to... I want to get into a paid publishing job. And it was about that time, early 2000s, that I had finished my master's degree and I was an associate professor. And now a paid job came open to, to run a college press. And that meant to be in charge of all the teamwork, the hiring, the budgeting, everything that goes into running a small press. So we had essays, poetry, we had photography, we had images of sculptures, all of that that we would put together in a yearly magazine. And while I loved my job teaching literature, I have to tell you, publishing had this certain, it, there was an edge to it. There, there was this chronic time warp that you found yourself in because there were so many things that, that had to go out at a certain time, so many negotiations. So I kind of got hooked in publishing. And what, what happened was we, we entered a contest, our college entered a contest and we won first place. So you know what it's like when you get a first place ribbon, you want to go farther. So we entered nationals, we entered the regionals, we got second place. And then the year came when we took first place in the nation. And that's when I thought, wow, I, I have learned something about publishing, but self-publishing was just starting to come in on the scene. And I knew nothing about that. So it was time to learn what is that concept Who's doing self-publishing? Is it for the brand new writer? Is it for someone who um, has a lot of money and is trying to expedite their timeline? Who is that person that follows self-publishing? 
So again, I, I decided to pay attention, to learn all I can. And today I am bringing you what I think are the best advantages of being self-published as opposed to the best advantage of following a traditional publisher. Now, you might have a book you're working on right now, and if that's the case, I want to invite you to send in a question about publishing, and you can do that at my Facebook page. You can respond to the comments, or you can go right into the back in the personal messenger and just send me a question about self-publishing, and I would be happy to answer your questions. So let's just dive in here for a minute. Again, if you if you find you have um, a desire to connect personally, my website is www.coachdebbie.com. And also my email address is askcoachdebbie, and it's spelled D-E-B-B-Y dot com. All right, so let's just dive right in here. One of the best advantages to self-publishing, and again, this is right off of my desk here. Um, There's going to be all kinds of opinions around this. But right off of my desk, I would say that you, as a writer, you have complete control of your project if you go into self-publishing. If, on the other hand, you want to follow a traditional publisher, uh, there's going to be a lot of, mm, we're going to say a time crunch here to stick with the fact that they are really investing in you. They want you to be the next best thing that their company has put their money in. So when you go with a traditional publisher, you got to realize they're promoting you and there are going to be a lot of things you, you pretty much have to do. Whereas in self publishing, you're, you're the boss and you have control of your project. So just dividing those two, into two camps right there. Self-publishing is going to allow you to have a lot of control, whereas traditional publishing, they're investing in you, and you're going to be doing what they say. Not totally. Of course, they're going to collaborate with you, but it will be on their timeline. It will be the cover design they like. You will need an agent you will get an advance often for a book. You will be writing uh, in, in a chronological manner that suits them. Whereas if you are self-publishing, you're going to be setting up your own budget. You'll be setting up your own timeline. You'll be setting up the thematic and chronology of your book. You can pick a coach you could work with. You could even pick a coach if you go with a traditional publisher, but it's possible that they're going to have one picked out for you. 
Another big thing, because we're just looking at the big, big picture for right now, is that a traditional publisher usually wants a nice, pretty proposal, and they want you to be referred by an agent. And that's not always an easy thing to figure out. How do I get an agent? Where do I get an agent? What kind of agent? How much can I afford for an agent? What's reasonable? So you're going to have to develop a relationship with an agent when you go through most of the big traditional publishing houses. If you decide to self-publish, even if they want a book proposal, that's usually something you'll be writing up. And usually you only need a chapter or two of your book completed to be accepted by an indie self-publisher as opposed to doing it 100% on your own. So that's just right there out of the gate, the big, 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 big picture difference of doing self-publishing versus traditional. And honestly, I, I could probably do a whole year of 52 shows on how to manage your self-publishing project, how to work with an agent, how to follow your dream of being published by a big house. Uh, but for the sake of just putting everything into one show today, I want to give you the big picture, which we just took a glance at. I want to answer your particular questions and then I want to kind of break it down into the genres you might be writing in and why one path, self-publishing or traditional, might be better for you than the other. So again, if you're thinking you've got a question, you can always write to me on Facebook Messenger and I will be answering that or you can go to my Facebook page, Debbie Handrich. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. And Handrich is just like it sounds, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. And you can just pop something into the comments there where we're already starting to talk about this topic. Also, I wanted to let you know that I run private Facebook pages where I, I just talk about writing topics. And if you would like to be invited to any of those, you, you don't really have to qualify. Just send me a note that says I'm, I'm interested in being in one of your private Facebook groups and tell me a teeny bit about your writing background and I'll be able to put you into the one that best suits you. So right now I don't have any questions on board. So if you write in, there is a very, very good chance that you will be up next. So just quickly before we go to our first break in about a minute and a half, I want to let you know that if you are thinking that self-publishing is for the amateur, which is a common question that people come to me with, I have to disagree with that. For example, one of my mentors is self-publishing his very first book of poetry. 
Now, he has several books out in the area of psychology, in the area of self-help. But right now, he has been exploring poetry. And he has put together one poem per week for every day or for every week of the year. And he's decided to self-publish that. And when I asked him, you know, because he is published by two very large publishing houses, I said, why... Why did you choose to go this route? And he said, well, I've always been at the disposal of what my publishers have advised me to do. And this time I want pictures of my kids in there. And this time I want to use the artwork that my wife did for my cover. And this time I want to be in charge of having different fonts on different pages. I I want to be more creative. So self-publishing is not necessarily for the amateur, but it is for the person that wants more creative licensing, who can do it on their timeline, who can do it in the way that they envision it. Okay? I just want to leave you with that thought as we go into our first break. Stay tuned. This is Story You, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. I'll be right back. I'm Kathy Cooper, and every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., I'll be hosting Lost and Found. We'll be discussing all types of losses, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom hour. It'll be an hour of education, support, validation, and yes, we will have a little bit of humor. So won't you join me Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., Lost and Found, because every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. To some, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much, but that's not true. They're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150kknw. Hello and welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio and I am your host, Coach Debbie. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is, if you're listening to the live show, the day after Christmas and I hope many of you are taking a little time to lounge and to maybe think about that book that you are going to be writing in the new year. If that's you... 
you're going to have to make a decision about what direction you're going to go in terms of publishing. You can go in the direction of self-publishing, which I highly recommend, and you can also choose to go in the direction of traditional publishing. And before the first break, we really were starting to take a look at the big picture. So I'll just review that quickly. The big picture when you're thinking about self-publishing is that you have complete control. Now, don't get caught up on the word control because some people think, oh, it's for control freaks, right? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means if you want to be in control of your cover design, the, the fonts, the timeline, the budget, the, the censorship, I mean, think about that, the organization of your theme, all of that stuff. That's up to you when you self-publish. Whereas, on the other hand, if you go with a traditional publisher, you have to remember they are investing in you. They have decided that you are someone worthy of selling books, that your platform is going to work. They're making an investment in you, and therefore, they're going to distribute your book just about everywhere. If they're going to do all that for you, you're going to have to work with them and do it their way. Now, they're not going to really say that in the contract, but they will line up a lot of provisions in which you will have to follow. And you might think, oh, they only said that. No. They meant that. Traditional publishing has lots, lots, lots of gates you have to get through. And there are plenty of people who, in the middle of it all, say, that's it. I've had it. Forget it. I'm not doing it. And they go and they self-publish or they give up completely. I, I don't mean to speak badly of traditional publishing. I just want to say that it really, really is for the person that is needing the prestige and the help of distribution because it's a, it, it's big. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say is it's big uh, and you'll need an agent. So let's just go over to self-publishing for a bit. Self-publishing has changed the world. There used to be this thought that if, if you were a, a published author, uh, that, that meant you had gone to an incredible school with many, many letters now behind your name, and maybe you had been a, a professor for many years, or maybe you were a research scientist, this, that, the other thing, and so much of that was true. Before self-publishing came along, there was a huge prestige in being published, and there still is prestige in being published for sure. But if now you're saying, you know, I have a message and I want to get my message in the world and I want to do it in the next 90 days, six months, in the next year, it's completely possible. When you go through this, the traditional publishing mode, well, it's really up to your publisher how all that's going to work out. So let's say you are someone who has your own platform. 
you're already in line to be a good self-publisher because when you publish your book, you're going to want to promote it. You're going to want to use your platform. If you are someone who is comfortable with marketing or you work with people that can help you with marketing or you're comfortable outsourcing your marketing to a professional, self-publishing is a great way to go because you can you can completely control the budget on your marketing strategy. Another thing when you self-publish is, you know how we say don't judge a book by its cover? I'm going to break it to you here. Everyone, everyone on the planet judges books by their cover. Everyone. So your cover matters hugely. And you want that cover to resonate with your platform, with your audience. And you can get professionals to come along and give you great advice on that. They don't begin to cost as much as what you'll go through in a, a traditional publishing house. Unless, of course, you, you want absolute Cadillac services on that. And you, there you can spend a fortune. But you could also, just as, as my coach did, employ your wife and say, you know, honey, I really want your artwork on the cover of my book. And in his case, I, I think it's going to be a, a winning hit. So think about that. The cover of your book, the book you've been envisioning, if you want control of that image and how it's going to look, self-publishing, again, is going to give you that option. Whereas you'll have a say if you go with a traditional publisher but you won't necessarily have the final say. Another thing I want to bring up about self-publishing is your organization of the book. And here I'm going to use an example of someone's book that I worked on. And this person came to me back when I was dabbling in ghostwriting and wondering if that was going to be an avenue of my career and brought to me a manuscript and said, take a look at this. What do you think of this? I'm thinking of self-publishing. And based on what I knew of the person and what I was reading in the book, I just, I was having a hard time believing that this person actually wrote the book. And then he told me the whole strategy of how he got the words on paper and it, one thing and another. And I said, you know, I know your personal story really well. And there's only bits of it here. What, what made you decide that? And he said, well, I, you know, I got real good advice that, um, that I should have all these uh, what do we call them, experiments, you know, and case studies in my book. So that's why I have so many of those and very little of my story. And, you know, just just from being in the front of a classroom for so many years, all I can say is people want to know your story. That's the whole reason they're buying your book. Even if you're a psychologist, 
let's say you're a, a psychologist in childhood development. People want to know why that area matters to you. They, they want to know about your expertise, but they're very curious. Who are you and how do you relate to children? If that isn't in there somehow, some way, believe me, your book just isn't going to do as well because that connection, again, that reason for writing to connect to your audience, it's not happening. You got to have it. So when this person came to me and talked about self-publishing, my advice was, even though you've got 247 pages of writing, I would really advise you to go back and make sure your personal story is leading the way because that's what people want. And you can do it so many ways. You can have your personal story be part one and part two and part three of your book. You could even have your personal story lead you into each chapter of the professional part. You could have your your personal story be the thing that kicked off your book, you know, that started just in, in telling the story of chapter one. And then from there on, you keep going with your professional aspect. But I just want to encourage you that if you're going to self publish, you have full range of your personal story. So think about what is it that your reader needs to know about you in order to really connect to you and trust you as an expert and want to follow you further? What do they need to know about your personal story? A traditional publisher, I'm going to say, will be interested in your personal story. But how you get to lay it out in your book where it comes in, how much is edited, what you're allowed to say, what they decide to take out, that's not going to really be completely up to your choosing. And in fact, there might be pieces of your story that you know are so important to you and for whatever reason, they decide to edit it out. For that reason alone, I think self-publishing is an excellent route to go. And now I want to piggyback that idea and say, if you put your personal story into a book and you self-publish, then the next book, you might want to go to a traditional publisher because it's less important now to repeat that story. You can always refer someone to book one, right? And that second book can be more about your research or your data or whatever it is. And, and that first book captured your story. So for me, I mean, I mean, my brand is all about discovering the book within you. It's all about making sure the world hears your story. For me, if you're going to enter the publishing world, I, I just think that self-publishing allows you to tell your personal story the way you want to tell it. And after that, 
you can follow the traditional big publishers. Uh, let's see. Do we have more time? We have a little more time before our next break. Let's talk about uh, getting an editor. <laughs> have you thought about that? You're probably going to need one. And I don't say that to be insulting. I just mean that most of us, e even those of us that have taught college or have letters behind our names, we need the perspective of an editor because they're, they're sitting, you could kind of think of it as uh, if you're sitting in your living room looking out the window, there's a certain landscape you're letting your eyes rest on. But your editor, your editor is actually someone who is taking a different position and looking at not only the landscape, but they're looking at you in the window of the house. When, when you are sitting in your author's chair and writing, you can live in, in what's a very small and closed world and you're doing your darndest to express your story, but your editor comes along and they see you and they see your story and they can impart a good bit of wisdom on how to work with that content. That's content editing. There's another kind of editing, proofreading and such, we'll just call it that, where your editor is checking out your grammar and they're making sure that you sound scholarly if you wanna sound scholarly or you're sounding hip and cool if you wanna sound hip and cool and and they're, they're just making sure that the message is coming across in such a way that it won't be offensive and that it will land on your, in your audience ears the way you want it to. At the same time, you might be completely sold on the idea that you are the only one who can edit this book. And if that's your story, the only way you're going to get published is if you self-publish. There are mm, next to no traditional publishing houses that override the editorial processes. Next to none. And again, that is because they are investing in you. Many of them are giving you an advance. They are getting ready to distribute your book all over the nation, maybe even all over the world. So you better believe there's going to be editors involved. It's going to be a process. It's going to take time. It's going to take some money. So think about that when you go into self-publishing. What sort of editorial process do you want to work with? I've got more to tell you about self-publishing, and I have a lot more to tell you about traditional publishing. I hope this is serving you. We are going to take one last break here, but when we come back, we are going to answer Carrie's question. We will be right back. Hi, 
this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and we are talking about self-publishing versus traditional publishing today. Which path is going to be right for you? And you might you might see that I have a bit of a bias right now around self-publishing, and a lot of that is because the authors that I work with often have a deep desire of what they truly want to do with their book. And the more self-publishing grows on the scenes, the more indie publishers get popular, the, the more you have option of creating the book that you dream. Whereas traditional publishing has always taken a fair amount of control they organize it. You you have to write a proposal to get into it. You have to have a certain amount of letters after your name. You have to have a certain following. You have to have a certain commitment sometimes for book tours. It's a big deal. It It's really something that requires you to think it through and commit to. But if you're you're someone that wants to promote your brand, your genius, your story, and you want to do it in a year's time or even far less, you can. You can do it well, and you can do it if you self-publish. So let's continue this conversation. We have a question from Carrie today. And she says, thank you so much for this topic. Very interesting to me because I always assumed since I had gone to a good college, I would be taken by a traditional publisher. Sounds like you're saying not so or not guaranteed. My area of writing has switched to romance writing. I find I'm quite good at it and that my friends are 
huge proponents that I keep going with it. I've just recently started a blog. I'm 24 years old and I have huge plans of being the next Daniel Steele in my area. But truly, I want to be remembered as a great romance novelist. For that reason, would you suggest that I go self-publishing or traditional publishing? You had mentioned getting one book out there. Would that apply to me as well? Okay. Great question, Carrie. Thank you for writing in. Um, actually, there were a lot of questions there. So let me, let me dispel some things. When you go to a great college and you shoot that out in your proposal to a traditional publisher, does that mean they'll take you? Um, I don't see any guarantees there. But what I want to say is why not use your the great college you went to as credible information to put in your proposal? Why not? I also just want to say that self-publishing is really good for particular genres, romance definitely being one of them. Fantasy. Have you noticed how big fantasy and teen fantasy has become sci-fi, great for self-publishing. Anyone working on their brand, I think, is excellent for self-publishing. Anyone in self-development, great for self-publishing. A traditional publisher is more likely to pick up a romance novelist when they have shown that um, that they have a following. So in your case, Carrie, my best advice would be to do what we talked about in the first segment of the show, to self-publish your first romance novel, to build a nice platform around that, to invest in networking and marketing, and to get that then as a self-published book in the hands of a desired traditional publisher. I wish I could tell you some good ones off the bat, and I bet you know more about that than I do. So I would suggest that you pick out three publishers that are our expert in your field and self-publish your book number one and then put that actual book as well as your proposal in the hands of your desired publishers and see what happens. Again, I think the reason for doing that is to show them how your platform has worked for you so that they now say, oh, we want to offer Carrie an advance and write for us. Because it sounds like you want a big name in this. So invest, and then from there, put out that proposal. Maybe even think about the series. Because a lot of traditional publishers, when they, when they buy up the teen fantasy or the romance or even the sci-fis, 
those are areas that tend to do strong when they are a minimum of a trilogy. You know, some of them even go on and on. Um, oh, I guess she wouldn't, she wouldn't be sci-fi. She'd be more mystery. Mystery's good for self-publishing as well. But if you remember uh, Sue Grafton, she used to do a letter for every one of her mysteries. Uh, a is for alibi. You know, uh, T is for whatever T was for. Uh, they... She had 26 of them, one for every letter of the alphabet. And that series served her very well. So can you think of your writing in terms of character series? And if you want to know more about that, uh, we could have a consultation about that. Again, any consultations can be set up at www.coachdebbie.com and that's D-E-B-B-Y Thank you very much Carrie for your question and I want to encourage that same advice for any of you that are promoting your brand because when you are doing that and you decide to go into self-publishing now you have an entire book so you go to Simon & Schuster or you go to Random House and you let them know, hey, I've got this 210-page book. It's all about child psychology and the specifics of what I know about autism. Now you're showing them your platform. Now you're showing them how you've networked and marketed this. And now they are interested in investing in you. So I think we've been pretty thorough here about self-publishing. Let's look into what would be those real big advantages of getting in with a traditional publisher. One is, and I can't recommend this enough, <laughs> is you're going to get an advance, right? You're going to get that opportunity to have the sabbatical, the time away where you can go and research and collect your data and really put your day into your writing. A lot of people think the word research or uh, sorry, not research. People think that the word sabbatical means vacation. A sabbatical is not <laughs> A vacation, a sabbatical is a paid time away from your, usually your day job, uh, so that you can invest in the writing pro project and get it done in an agreed amount of time. When you decide you want to work with a traditional publisher, they are going to invest in you, promote you, and distribute your book just about everywhere. So here are some of the great advantages. One, you're going to be in lots of bookstores, right? More than you can cover as a self-publisher. If that matters to you, if you're doing this for prestige, traditional publishing is going to be the way to go. And it's especially going to be the way to go for your second book. All right. Once you've already shown that your marketing and your platform has worked well. 
Another thing that I've really learned about traditional publishing is that you're going to get a team. Now, I learned this partially because I put them together when I worked in it, but also in those that I've coached and they've come back and told me about their experiences with traditional publishing houses, you're going to have a team where you have content editors, you have proofreading editors, you have image designers, you have people coming to you, uh, working with you about your tour. All of that stuff is really, really important. But again, it's on a timeline and you can't really fudge that timeline. Uh, let's say you all of a sudden find out you're going to have a baby. <laughs> you're going to have to work with that publisher who has already promised Barnes and Noble all over the U.S. that you're coming. So if you want to be able to do a book and have a baby, that self-publishing is the route to go. If you've had the baby and you've already written the first book, why not go for a traditional publisher? Second time around, I think, is a really great time to try traditional publishing. For one, they know a little bit more about what they're investing in. One other thing about traditional publishing is it, it, it might feel like an automatic overnight success, but what I want to say here more is that the prestige you've been working toward feels like it happens in a moment. So let's say you're a psychologist and you've been working in your field for 10 years and you have a great client base and you have been noted in several journals and you have a blog that helps people, I would say that you can bypass self-publishing that first book because you have already used your platform in a way to be popular. Your popularity is going to help you make quick, huge prestige as soon as your book comes out. So for, for that, for the person that is saying, you know, I've put in time into my career and now I really want to feel the prestige nationally and maybe even internationally for what you've done. Going traditional right out of the gate is probably a very, very good way to go. And you probably have the skills. You are working with a coach to put together that proposal. And if you were to propose it to five places, I bet you one of them, maybe even two, would offer you the advance that you are looking for. I don't have statistics to tell you that that there's a 20% likelihood, but I'm, I'm just thinking that those are the steps that you would want in place to be seriously considered by a traditional publishing house when this is going to be your first book. My final note to you about traditional publishing is that it, it just requires you to work with an agent and 
a huge, huge can of worms gets opened when you do that because the book is to to a heavy extent out of your control once you go with a traditional publisher and once that agent is helping you to be established as an author. Whereas my final note about self-publishing is that it's a much faster process. You have much more control. And the likelihood that your book is going to get finished is big. Because sometimes when we put the pressure on ourselves that it has to be through a traditional publishing house, well, we can just go through this kind of crazy mindset that we didn't get the one we wanted. We're going to try again next year. Now we're going to have a baby the year after that. Now we're taking a year to live in Tokyo. Oh, five years have gone by. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're an old lady (laughs) and you haven't published your book yet. And that might not be what your real, real dream is all about. Maybe your real dream is about seeing that book published in the near and dear future. And if that's you, I just, I really hope that you understand you have the skills to set up self-publishing. If you feel you need support, think about a coach that, that is like myself and, and works with first, second, or third time authors. Think about maybe working with an indie self-publishing. Indie stands for independent, and they take some of the work away, but they don't overly control it. Just do a little research and, and see what matches up best with your personality What matches up best with your ability to maintain a platform, to do the networking, and to really be consistent with your reading audience right now? Because even if you don't have a book out, you know people are listening and reading your blog, your brand, your articles, all of that stuff. Are you someone who's consistent enough that that book, as soon as it's published by you, is now going to get into the desired hands. My guess is most of you are. I think this has been a topic that a lot of people probably are really curious about, so we're going to continue in 2020 talking a lot more about self-publishing and making sure you become a first, second, or third-time author. I'm Coach Debbie. I am the host here at Story You Talk Radio. I'm here every Thursday at 4 p.m. And I want to thank you for joining me today. I will be back in 2020 with more topics for you. Until then, keep writing and stay fresh with your ideas. Namaste, my friends. <laughs>